Zilch 133. Welcome to Zilch. I'm Ken Mills, your host here today. Today we're going to be taking a look at the life of Peter Tork. We're going to have some of the voices of the people who knew Peter Tork or who looked up to Peter Tork. I know that for me, Peter Tork touched my life in a way that I never could have imagined. When we started Zilch all these years ago, on episode zero, I said that my least favorite monkey was Peter Tork. Over that time, I've come to know him, and I've come to see the value in him, what he means to all of us as fans, to what he meant to the world, to his philosophies. This is a hard episode to make, a hard episode to put up. I didn't want to have to do this, but here we are. And I can tell you right now that Peter Tork would not want a bunch of tears. So today you will be hearing the voices of people who knew him, people who looked up to him, and people who loved him. The nation has just lost a member of the iconic group, The Monkees. Peter Tork was the goofball in the popular boy band from the late 1960s. They had their own popular TV show and a string of hits that are considered pop music classics today. The band broke up in 1971 and Tork struggled. He went broke, battled alcohol addiction, and spent time in jail for possession. In 2009, he was diagnosed with a rare tongue cancer. We visited him at his Connecticut home following surgery. They cut me open pretty good. They unzipped me from here to here and then broke my jaw. Actually, cut my jaw. Opened it up to get at what was growing on the bottom of my tongue. Babyface teen idol Davy Jones died in 2012. Peter Tork was 77. They were a band made for television, but he was a man made for music. Peter Thorkelston played guitar in coffee shops before changing his name and earning fame, answering a newspaper ad to form the Monkees. America's first boy band, Peter Tork, played the wacky one on TV, but unlike the others, played instruments in real life. Grainy archival footage shows his skill on piano. He would teach fellow band members to play. Oh, I could hide the wind of the bluebird as she sings. They topped the charts in Australia with Daydream Believer, toured in 1968, and released records in each of the past five decades, from vinyl to the digital era. The stuff about the monkey music not being truly authentic, I mean, is is pucky because you know nobody ever gave the Beach Boys flack because they weren't playing their own instruments. The family releasing a statement today: Peter Thorkelson, friend, father, husband, grandfather, philosopher, goofball, entertainer, died peacefully this morning. He'd battled a rare cancer for a decade. Within hours, there were flowers at the Monkey Star. 
Peter Talk, gone at 77, a man that made us all believers. Then I saw her face, now I'm a believer. In the United States, Charles Croucher, nine minutes. A statement from Peter Tork's family issued Thursday, February 21st, 2019. We are saddened to share the news that Peter Torkelson, friend, father, husband, grandfather, philosopher, goofball, entertainer, died peacefully this morning at a family home in Connecticut. Peter succumbed to a 10-year bout with adenoid cystic carcinoma, a rare cancer of the salivary glands. Peter's energy, intelligence, silliness, and curiosity were traits that for decades brought laughter and enjoyment to millions, including to those of us closest to him. Those traits also equipped him well to take on cancer, a condition he met with unwavering humor and courage. We are all still raw and still have so much to process, but we are also feeling appreciation for Peter's contributions. We are grateful that we have an extended supported network thanks to the attentive energy and dedication of Peter's fans worldwide. We want those fans to know with absolute certainty that your spirit and goodwill fed Peter with continued energy and force and of course humor. With that, we ask that our family have time and space to grieve in privacy. We are asking fans who would like to make contributions in Peter's names to donate to the scholarship fund at the Institute for the Musical Arts in Massachusetts, a nonprofit that provides young women with music direction, music recording, and a music community. More info can be found at www.ima.org. We at Zilch are making a way for fans to contribute to this charity. Later this month, we will be selling special commemorative Peter Tork buttons with 100% of all proceeds going to the Institute for the Musical Arts in Massachusetts. There will be a link on the Zilch Facebook thread with all the detail in the show notes. next voice you'll hear is John Billings, Monkey's bass player and friend of the show. John has played bass for so many superstars and he's been a part of the Monkey's touring band for a long while now. He's a great guy and he's someone that admired Peter Tork. Here is John. As it always does, news like losing a friend and coworker always hits you from out of nowhere and leaves you stunned. In the end, I remember he and Pam taking me to breakfast in 2013 at the end of a long run on the road, us three praying together when the food arrived. I had not seen Peter do that before, so it was a real comfort to me then, and it especially is now. Here's what I like to remember. 
He loved busting me on my bass parts, but also would take the time to listen to my headphones that I had nearby with that ISO bass track all queued up. He'd smile and say, oh yeah, it goes that way. Then he'd walk off and smile at me during the show when that part would pop up live. He was always kind to me. Yeah, all of us on that stage had our moments with each other in this band, but he was always a gentleman, always. Great hugger. Always greeted you with one. In San Francisco, I had a particularly rough morning trying to return a rental car, running uphill to the hotel, packed to leave on the bus, everything conspiring against me not to be on time, and feeling not so pleasant. Amy was saying goodbye to me to return home. It was chaotic, and I was throwing suitcases under the bus. Not one of my finer moments. Peter grabbed Amy, looked after her, brought her over to me. She still talks about that simple kindness he showed her to this day. He wasn't the clown, but he loved to clown around. Loved, and I mean loved the blues. Great smile, just real. Always quick to sign things for me whenever I asked, always. Didn't mind me being a goofy photographer and snapping his picture whenever. Never once said no. Loved his woman, didn't mind PDA. That dude showered Pam grapes with so much affection. They could be like teenagers. It was sweet. Loved his kids. He treated his stepchildren like they were his own. That, of course, spoke volumes to me. Made him even more of a good man. Knew more about music theory than I did. I just pretended to know and nod when he started lecturing me on the finer points. Goodbye, Peter. I hope you see all your friends and family now that you're home. Thank you, Ken Mills, for letting me do that for you. The next voice you hear belongs to Amy Billings, John Billings' wife. I wanted to include her voice because it says something about how Peter Tork looked at everybody. Everybody was important. The first time I met Peter was in Nashville, actually, when the Monkees performed at the Skirmerhorn. And then I got to spend some time with him and Pam when the Monkees toured in England. And then again out on the West Coast for the 50th anniversary tour. I don't have a long history with him. I was just getting to know him, really. I was the new kid on the block. And as the new kid on the block, my goal was to be pleasant but stay out of the way. I've been in and around the music business my entire life, pretty much. So I know how chaotic things can be when everybody's traveling and setting up for shows, people scrambling around, trying to set up and figure out where to go. John used the right choice of words when he said Peter tended to me. I especially remember riding on the bus once from California to Nevada. It was just a few hours, and part of that time was spent sitting in the back of the bus talking with Peter about all kinds of things, really. Life, health, family, music. When we arrived to our destination, I hopped off the bus, grabbed my bag, and just stood to the side while John was still on the bus gathering his things. A lot of the guys had already started walking toward the venue, including Peter. But I think he sensed that I was trying to stay out of the way. So he made an effort to stop, turn around, wave me over to him, and yelled, Amy, over here, come with me. Follow me, we're going in, this way. He just made me feel included. A part of looked after, 
It was really thoughtful. John and I are sending much love to his family. I know they must be so proud of the legacy he left with his acting and his musical talent, but I want them to know that the personal legacy he left with me was kindness. That's what will always stick. May he rest in peace. Next voice you'll hear is John Hughes from Rhino. Peter was obviously very much a part of everything we did with the monkeys here, uh, at least whenever Andrew and I were involved. It just wasn't a monkeys project without Peter involved. I think he was a very special soul. I think he loved, loved, loved music above all else. It just, it came, it just radiated from his heart. It, it poured out of every single pore of his body. And I think two of the things I can remember the most were once when during the recording sessions of Good Times, he was here in Southern California and there was a little break in the recording. We were all just kind of sitting around laughing and talking and he just walks up to this harpsichord and just starts playing Bach. And it was just amazing how he just couldn't stop himself from playing it with whatever instrument was around. And then Adam Schlesinger had to jump in and it was kind of like dueling box. Uh, it was really fun. It was incredible to hear and see. And then for the Christmas party, uh, it, we were being very respectful of him and his family. And we understood if he couldn't be a part of it. But this man drug himself out of the house to go to a studio to make sure that he was a part of this thing and to get his track done. And it was just an amazing commitment, an amazing show of how much he loved music and how much he loved being part of this, of this band. One thing I posted online the day he passed sums it up the best for me. And it's just simply, I, I will never forget you, Peter Tork. The next voice you hear belongs to Christine Carlson Wolf. 
When news of Peter's death broke, my first thought was, he's free. The quest for freedom seemed to be a theme in Peter's life, not just for himself, but for all of us. Freedom from hate, fear, oppression, anything that separated people, really. These are the things that Peter seemed to campaign against consistently. I've mentioned before that some of my earliest memories are of listening to the monkey's music, but it wasn't until the reruns were on CBS and ABC on Saturday mornings in the early 70s that I was really introduced to them as people, well, even if they were only characters. To my five-year-old mind, Mike was the father figure, Mickey was the funny one, Davy the cutie pie with a bit of a temper, and Peter? Well, Peter was the innocent, the empath, the gentle soul who cared about everyone he encountered. You know, the hippie. But the dummy? (laughs) No. No, I never saw him that way. In fact, people who tried to frame his character that way confused me. And I was a little sad that they could totally miss the essence of who Peter the TV character truly was. Turns out that each of the guys had quite a bit in common with their TV alter egos. But Peter was who I looked up to, who I wanted to be like. I couldn't really articulate it then. I just knew that I was drawn to him. His talent, his wit, and his warmth drew me in like one of his legendary hugs. And despite the more painful experiences Peter had in his life, it seems he never lost his warmth, gentleness, or childlike innocence, which was not born from a place of naivete, but rather it was a choice to look for and encourage the best in humanity. He genuinely believed that a better world is coming and that love is understanding. I'm convinced that if we all believe that and live our lives accordingly, we will all be free. They are the greatest lessons that Peter tried to teach us all, and I will be forever grateful. Thank you, Peter. I love you. Okay. Some nice chord changes. I really just want to play this for the chord changes. The water is wide. I cannot cross over. Nor do I have wings to fly. Build me a can carry two and both shall
sink or swim The water is wide I cannot cross over Nor do I Have wings to fly Build me a boat That can carry two And both shall On October 11, 2018, Peter Tork published this note on his Facebook page. Dear ones, there's a lot of stuff going around, and I want to let you know how it is for me. While it is true that my health has required a little more attention these days, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm also cherishing this time with my friends and family and making music. Keep your eyes open for some possible web concerts with friends and other musicians. We'll see what comes down the pipeline. As for the rest, thanks for your good wishes. This is a private time, and I won't be posting updates. Please don't bug the Peter Tork Facebook team either. So everyone take care of yourselves and your loved ones, and even the occasional random passerby, eh? XO Peter. Some people have asked on Zilch, why didn't Peter let us know? He did. He let you know in the way he wanted to. Some people might say, I wish we knew. But you have to understand that Peter Tork never, never really gave up hope. He beat this before, and Peter Tork's life has always been one of hope. And he was always hoping that there would be those possible web concerts and more coming. I'm going to read to you a statement from a member of the Peter Tork Facebook team, and it seems so sad just to call them that, because these are people who not only took care of Peter Tork's social media, but they helped him on his gigs, and they were always there with him, always by his side. I asked one of them to write something to share their thoughts, because they're grieving right along with us. They knew him, they worked with him. This was written by Fiore from the Peter Tork team. She writes, We've had the honor of knowing Peter in different capacities for several years. One of the many things we will remember him for is his humanity. Getting on the stage and performing for people wasn't a job for him. It was a calling. He often said that he'd gladly play for a sandwich and gas money, and he meant it. All Peter wanted was to play and reach people with his music, telling a joke, or sharing a story. If you ever saw him with shoe suede blues, playing a small venue, actually being able to experience a connection with people when they cheered, sang along, and especially when they got up and danced, you saw this magic happen. Peter cared. No, he obsessed over whether or not he was giving fans their money's worth. Was it enough? Was it right? Are we charging too much? Is what we're doing special enough? Whenever possible, Peter and Shoe Suede Blues love to work with a charity, a benefit, or a cause. Peter asked, will we help bring in donations? How can we spread the word? What are the best songs to play for the members? 
And always, 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 of course, I will come out afterwards to take pictures and sign autographs. Always. Some of our favorite memories are of watching Peter with fans after a shoe suede blues show. Calming the nervous fans, laughing at stories, getting down to the level of the smallest, trying to communicate with a fan, trying to relate the importance of the monkeys in their lives, sometimes in languages that Peter didn't even understand. But he understood how important it was to that fan for him to get it. He took that time and responsibility seriously over and over again. Sometimes Peter had to be reminded that there were 100 more people waiting their turn in line because it was extremely crucial to him to provide that attention to as many people as possible at shows. Was Peter perfect? No, but who is? Yes, after days on the road with little sleep, traffic stress, bad food, missing loved ones and family events, Sometimes patience could be short and tempers would flare up. But which one of us hasn't just had a bad day when the smallest thing might set off an emotional reaction? But I can honestly say that he understood, respected, and tried to be in the moment for each person. It was important for him to be there for his fans. In a world that sometimes seems cold and calculating, being around Peter Tork was something like Linus's blanket being wrapped around Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. It was exactly like that. Sign Fiore Pro from the Peter Tork team. Here is one of her favorite song memories of Peter. The next thing that you will hear, you will hear his heart, his humor, and his wanton desire for a better world in this song where every person was important, no matter how much money was in their wallet. This, uh, this was a Woody Guthrie song, uh, really from the 30s. And this is sort of the beginning of the folk music movement, which you know swept America, or at least the children of America at a certain point. Hear the guitar okay? How about now? <laughs> Come gather round me children A story I will tell Come gather round me children A story I will tell About pretty boy Floyd the outlaw Oklahoma knew him well in the town of Pawnee on a Saturday afternoon His wife beside him in the wagon and into town they rode Well, the deputy sheriff approached them in a manner rather rude Using vulgar words and language and his wife she overheard Pretty boy grabbed a log chain, the deputy grabbed a gun And in the fight that followed he laid that deputy down he took to the hills and timbers to lead a life of shame. Every crime in Oklahoma was added to his name. There's many a starving farmer, the same old story told. How an outlaw paid the mortgage and saved their happy home. They tell you of a stranger who come to beg a meal. 
And underneath the napkin left a hundred dollar bill As through this world I ramble, I've met all funny men Some will rob you with a six gun and some with a fountain pen But as through this world you ramble and through this world you roam You'll never see an outlaw drive a family from its home Woody Guthrie wrote that apparently in 1933 or 5 or something like that. Pretty Boy Floyd the Outlaw actually died in a hail of gunfire uh, in 1929 at the age of 30. And he wasn't, there are no actual records of anybody, of him actually behaving the way that song indicates that he behaved. He was a pretty grungy guy. Uh, But um, it was Woody Guthrie's way of of, uh, starting trying to, actually talk about what was actually true for everybody in those days, which was, and which has happened again and again and again, which is that the, um, the government was in the hands of the, of the rich, and uh, there wasn't much going on on behalf of those who were, you know, close to the, close to the wire. Um, and uh, so he wrote the song, you know, as a, as a kind of a protest, uh, and, uh, you know, the, the line, there were, You'll meet all kinds of men. Some will rob you with a six-gun, some with a fountain pen. And as through this world you ramble, as through this world you roam, you'll never see an outlaw drive a family from its home. Well, we know that isn't strictly true, but it is also true. It is also true that the vast majority of people having to leave their homes against their will have to do so because of entirely legal operations like, you know, mortgage foreclosures and so on, people through no fault of their own. And uh, so there's something to it in any case. The next voice you hear will be Sarah Clark. A better world is needed. I believe anyone can see it. A better world is coming if we live as we believe. I learned an important and timely lesson the day Peter Tork died. Peter isn't wasn't perfect. At times he could be challenging, weird, occasionally self-sabotaging, and, well, a bit cranky. I knew that from the first time I met him in a little dive bar in Dallas with James Lee Stanley in 1997, when he wasn't totally in the best of moods for whatever reason. Learning that one of my first crushes was a normal, flawed human being wasn't a lesson I expected to learn as a naive 20-year-old seeing and meeting a monkey for the first time, but it was a powerful lesson that stayed with me over the years. That said, in no small part because of his imperfections and shadows, Peter Tork still made this a better world with his music, wisdom, humor, and above all, love. More specifically, he made my world demonstrably better. That night in Dallas in 97 that I could tell he was a bit off his game, he gave me an amazing hug in the meet and greet line. Again, this was decades before Zilch. I I was just another fan. In 2012, when a dear friend and fellow Shoe Suede Blues fan, Anissa, died a few months after Davy passed, Peter posted a brief obituary on Facebook in her memory. Not the PTFB team, Peter. 
that one sentence Facebook post led me down a road that has ended up in my speaking into your ears right now. And so, because of the incontrovertible fact that Peter Tork made this a better world, I suddenly realized, as an incontrovertible fact, that I can be imperfect and challenging, weird, occasionally self-sabotaging and a bit cranky, and still create a better world. Given that Peter was a kind, mystical, and wise teacher, and something of a trickster, and because of everything that has happened to me since 2012, and to us since 2012, this bit of synchronicity on Peter's way out the door to his next stop does not surprise me one bit. So finally, in Peter's spirit, I'd like to pass on a little lesson to all of you, or maybe just a thought. It's safe to say all of us are hardcore Monkeys fans, if you're taking time out of your days to listen to Zilch. Because the guys have been so kind and open with us over the last 53 years, it's easy for all of us to get, well, emotionally attached. The thing is, as much as we're hurting, I want each of you to take a moment to close your eyes, well, unless you're driving, but think of Pam, Hallie, Ivan, Erica, Max, Nick, Anne, the PTFB team, Mickey, Nez, Andrew Sandoval, James Lee Stanley, all the members of Shoe Suede Blues past and present, and everyone else who knew Peter Tork as a husband, father, brother, friend, or fellow musician. How can we make this a better world for them? Seems to me that the best we can do is share our memories in places like Zilch or the Torkey's discussion group and keep those folks in our thoughts and prayers in the coming weeks. And most importantly, give them space and privacy to heal. It's not a perfect solution, won't magically fix everything, and we'll all probably goof up here and there. However, that doesn't mean we can't make this a better world. So rest in peace, Peter Tork, and blessings to those that knew you. The next voice you will hear is Tim Powers. Hey, thanks, Ken. What you're hearing right now is Peter's banjo solo from George Harrison's Wonderwall movie. This banjo solo never made it into the soundtrack album, but it's in the movie, and I isolated it so that uh, I'd have a nice little intro piece that I think is appropriate. Like everybody else listening to this show, and uh, like the rest of the Zilch staff, I'm going to miss Peter for now. And uh, I have been fortunate enough to see uh, see Peter play. Uh, we've met many times. And, uh, you know, I have my, my very unique Peter Torque memories, just like everyone else. And I'll tell you my favorite one. In March of 2002, Shoe Suede Blues uh, was on a small club tour. And at the time, I lived in St. Louis, Missouri. They were playing at Pops, uh, a club in Sauget, Illinois, on the east side of... Uh, St. Louis and uh, you know great show uh, typical shoe suede blues show with uh, with the core lineup Richard and Tag and the guys and um, for the last couple of songs 
Peter says, you know, we have a special guest for you. And he brings up Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Johnny Johnston. Now, if you're not familiar with Johnny Johnston, he is the guy that played piano on all of Chuck Berry's golden hits. And, legend has it, is the inspiration for Johnny B. Good. So when you're listening to Chuck Berry music and you hear this awesome tack hammer piano in the back, uh, that's Johnny. And uh, they just jammed. There was no rehearsal at all. Some local musicians uh, put together a horn section. Guys from the Smash Band, if you all are from St. Louis and know the Smash Band. And uh, frankly, in all the times that I've ever seen Peter play, I've never seen him so in his element as, uh, as that moment. Uh, he was just part of the band. It wasn't Peter Tork and Shoesway Blues or the former TV star in his backup band. It was just a musician playing in the band and just happy as can be. And uh, that's the way I'm going to remember it. I don't think any recordings of that event exist, so the closest I can get is this. Oklahoma 
It's a live cut off the Shoe Suede Blues album, Saved by the Blues. And you're welcome. And if it's not in your collection, it really, uh, it ought to be. Um, Shoe Suede Blues is a great little, uh, great little outfit. It's a lot of fun. There's not much to be said about Peter that hasn't been said by people closer to him. Uh, people who knew him better than me. Um... His music holds a special place uh, in in my heart, in my life, in my history, and that's what I'm going to go back to. I'll go back to playing the monkey cuts that he played on and sang on and was a part of, and the Shoe Suede Blues albums, and the memories of the concerts, and the handshakes, and the autograph stuff that I have. And uh, I'll remember this guy. Um, and one of the things that I will go back to more often than anything else, I think, is uh, is the album Stranger Things Have Happened. Peter's, uh, I guess the people call it a solo album, and it's really, uh, it's Peter's love letter to, uh, to rock and roll. Uh, it's produced by the very capable and incredibly talented James Lee Stanley. And, uh, it's a, uh, it's a collection of just, uh, songs that have come Peter's way or that he's written or that he's co-written, uh, very, very well produced. And the talent on that album is, uh, is, is there it's outstanding there's even a cut with uh, with Mickey and and Mike uh, singing backup <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty cool you know anytime you saw Peter play you probably heard um, you probably heard this and this is how I'm gonna leave you because this kind of sums it up for me um, this is uh, Peter's arrangement of a great old R&B song thanks for everything Peter
my closest friend But you came and he soon departed And I'll never see his face again Because you're an keeps on a This is Craig Cohen from Zilch, and I just wanted to take a moment to share my memories and feelings of Peter Tork, who passed away on February 21st. The Monkees is another one of those bands that has sort of been a part of my memory for almost as long as I can remember. I got into them originally in the 80s during sort of the 30-year anniversary MTV push, And as I got older and more musical, I started to understand how important Peter was to the band. He always kind of got looked at as the comic relief on a comedy show. And even on the albums, a lot of his stuff would be comedically tinged. But he was a true musician and probably the purest musician in the band. You could argue that without him... They might not have gone in the directions that they went when they got their independence. The thing I really love about Peter, though, is how experimental and open-minded he was when it came to music. I think of the New Wave song from Pulit that's just got a really cool edge to it. But I think back to a recent experience that I had where I was able to attend a Shoe Suede Blues show in Bordentown, New Jersey with some of my Zilch colleagues, uh, Jeff, Melanie, and Craig Smith. And it was probably one of the coolest venues you could expect to see an artist in. Very intimate, very cozy, and Peter just put on a great show with his band. I think back to that night and there were a lot of things that I really, really enjoyed, but the new to me version of the last train to Clarksville that he played just touched me in a way that the song had never touched me before. It's if you haven't heard it, it's a cool bluesy version of the tune. Thank you. 
Overall, I was extremely saddened to learn of Peter's passing. But at the same time, I remember all of the positivity that he floated out into the universe and the messages that he sent of positivity that have directly impacted my life and caused me to to try and spread love and joy as much as I can. And it'll be a long time before I don't think about Peter Tork during my day-to-day. Rest in peace, Peter. Beautiful song, Ian Magdalena.
The most satisfaction in life every day comes from being useful. I've been working really hard, gaining a lot of understanding, and when somebody else can use it, I'm, I'm a happy camper. That's besides the music, of course. That's all beside them, which is where it all comes from to begin with. But you're talking about the daily person, interpersonal stuff being of use. The next voice you'll hear is David Alexander, longtime keyboardist for the Monkees touring band and friend of the show, Zilch. Take it away, Dave. My memories of Peter Tork. Oh, my goodness. There are so many lovely memories, but... Uh, one of the things that he really taught me and opened my eyes to is that, you see, as a musician, I consider myself a rhythm player. I don't really consider myself like someone who's good at uh, playing lead or taking a solo or improvising in that manner. But Peter really helped me open that door uh, in my musicianship. He really encouraged me to just kind of be myself and feel the music and like not be afraid of it because I, I don't know uh, being around a guy like Wayne <laughs> hearing him improvise all the time or even Peter playing his solos it, you know I'm like I can't do that but nope Peter really helped me out in that manner greatly <laughs> you know not that I'm really any good at it or anything <laughs> I feel better about it. I feel better about uh, my soloing now. And I thank you, Peter. <laughs> For a personal uh, memory about Peter, a favorite personal memory of mine was, uh, I think it was 2013 when we went out on the road for a 24-date run. There were three buses, one for Mike, one for Mickey, and one for Peter. And Rich and I were put on Peter's bus in you know which is fine i mean we all get along but you know this is just how it worked out and it's fine um i don't know if how many of you know this but peter when he lived in connecticut he had many maple trees on his property and he actually harvested uh maple syrup and made his own maple syrup well on this particular tour he happened to bring a big old jug of his homemade maple syrup on the road and we got a griddle <laughs> which plugs in in the bus and one morning he you know we woke up and he made pancakes for all of us and he, we ate his homemade maple syrup and oh my god <laughs> i don't know why that just memory stands out as the sweetest thing to me like i mean pancakes and homemade maple syrup you can't with Peter Tork. You can't really get too much better than that. <laughs> and needless to say, the pancakes and maple syrup were completely delicious. <laughs> I will miss his warm smile and his intense loving hugs the most in this current time, but I'm sure I will see him again as he's up there with other people that <laughs> we all know and love. I love you, Peter, so much. And uh, thank you for everything. Wanting to play with Peter Tork one last time, David Alexander took the raw track of Peter Tork playing Till Then and made it sound like a full band was playing with Peter. I, um, I heard this song. I don't know who pointed it out to me. Uh, the Mills Brothers did it. It's, and you can tell when you hear the lyrics, it's, it's a World War II song. 
it harked back to a time when the American forces thought that what they were fighting for was, you know, freedom and for all. Um, now American forces are basically fighting not to get swamped, and I don't know if anybody knows what the exact mission of the American forces overseas is, or missions are, but this was back to a simpler, happier time. Um, and, uh, after World War II came uh, suburbs, houses, a thriving middle class, a strong union movement. <sighs> so I'm going to do this to remind me of those days in hopes that it cheers me up. It's called um, Till Then, which will come as no surprise when you hear the lyric, which is just full of that line. Till then, my darling, please wait for me. Till then, no matter when it will be. Till then, when I can hold you again, please wait. Our dreams will live though we are apart Our love, I know we'll keep in our heart Till then, when all the world will be free Please wait for me I know there are oceans we must cross And mountains must climb I know every gain must have its loss so pray that our loss is nothing but time till then till then we'll call on each memory till then till then no matter when it will be till then when I can We must cross And mountains We must climb I know Every gain must have its loss So pray that our loss Is nothing but time Till then Till then We'll call on each memory Till then Till then No matter when it will be last episode of Zilch for Peter Tork Day on his birthday. It was done in tribute of him. I know that he was happy about the news of it and he and Pam appreciated it. He also appreciated the fact that the Woolhack Club had been putting up videos that featured him 
and he took the time to watch and see what those kids were doing and it made him happy to know that he was still loved and cared for by these younger people. Someday I'm going to tell my story about meeting Peter Tork and how there developed a partnership between he, his family, his team, and our podcast. But I'm not ready to do that. The week that Peter died was very surreal to me. I was going to see KISS for the final time. Anyone that knows me knows that I'm a huge KISS fan. I'm also a huge Monkees fan. And I've become a huge Peter Tork fan. I wrote this the Monday after his passing. This weekend was odd, surreal, wonderful, sad, and everything it should be. We said goodbye to Peter Tork in the everyday carry water world. I will admit that only a few celebrity deaths ever really hit me. The day after Peter's death, we had friends coming in from out of town. Roland Sarazin and his lovely wife Sarah and Christine Carlson Wolf visited me and my family. It was great being around loved ones. We talked and we ate and we survived rains and floods and smiles and tears and saying goodbye to Kiss. It rained so hard the first day after Peter's death. It was like the world was crying with us. Saturday, the day of the concert, the sun came out and Memphis opened up to us and swallowed us whole. We met some lifelong friends for the first time. We saw at least eight Elvises running around. We saw infinity in the blackness of the crowd. Got to talk to a king in the elevator. More on that down the road. We were recognized and loved by folks that I respect. We were giddy as we left the venue. We dropped Roland off at the hotel at the Peabody, and we went to Beale Street on a Saturday night. The music was thumping. The crowd was moving as one as we tried to get through the traffic. There was B.B. King's, the Hall of Fames, and the blues clubs all around us. One neon sign that said, Beale Street, Memphis, in neon blue electric, welcoming us, and up a bit, another sign that read, Home of the Blues. It was one of those times when you know that the universe has some sort of order, or at least a feel of it. Peter Tork loved the blues. It was a passion of his. He spent a majority of his time listening and singing and playing the blues. He was part of a band called Shoe Suede Blues. I was lucky enough to interview him and find respect with him. He and his wife, his son, his incredible team of folks, all beautiful people. I am blessed. As I looked at the busy street and the raindrops on the window and the steady driving beat on Bill Street, under that beautiful blue electric neon sign, I couldn't help but feel him there. I PM'd Peter Tork's team and I sent a picture of the sign, Home of the Blues. I will tell you that he will be alive every time I hear the blues. Peter was a musician first, way before he was ever a monkey. I was proud to see that sentiment mentioned by so many people in their social media. Paul Stanley of KISS tweeted, Rest in peace, Peter Tork, a musician and a member of the Monkees. We all watched this upbeat weekly homage to the Beatles 
Condolences to his family. Paul Stanley of Kiss knows something about having your art and music minimized due to the other aspects of your career. He put Peter first as a musician, as did many of the news outlets. That made me very happy. Peter was a gifted man, an incredible entertainer, and a teacher. Seriously, the encounters that I had with him were full of constant mentoring, always trying to teach something, always try to convey a message. The Monkees touring band is full of stories about every time Peter Tork would find an instrument that he had never played, he could get it up and going. And if he knew about it, he would play something and then give you a lesson on how the instrument evolved or where it was used prominently. He was a teacher, a bluesman, a songwriter, a comic, a Zen student, a philosopher, and very tender-hearted. Thank you to Memphis. Thank you to my friends and loved ones. Thank you for getting my friends, family, and me home safe. I wrote this when it was my first time to think about it all here. It was the first time that I had no distractions. All of these thoughts were rattling around inside of me, and I wanted to share them with you. Thank you to everyone that lives between the beats of the music. Keep your hearts beating. Hashtag love is understanding. Hashtag a better world is coming. Hashtag you can't Kirshner me. I would never let you. Hashtag we are one. Top thing on my lifetime list to do is to uh, make it as a blues pop musician on my own. Couldn't 
catch his breath His heart beat him to death Or the other way around Work too hard for love And it just might bring you down Glory to the name, glory to the name of the Lord Lately I've been noticing people go to say hey, glory to the name glory to the name of the Lord lately I've been thinking about some of my friends been cutting out going to Last thing before we go here tonight begins, as we often have to with a full disclosure. This will matter most to those of a certain age because the man we're about to remember mattered greatly when we were young, and that would be Peter Tork. The L.A. Times headline got it right today when it called him a real musician who also played one on TV. Peter Tork, Davy Jones, Michael Nesmith, Mickey Dolenz made up the monkeys. Tork was the bass player and occasional vocalist. And the monkeys were huge, despite the fact that they were born with a kind of original sin that wasn't their fault at all. They were created. They were cast like actors by the veteran producer Don Kirshner. And then they were assembled for a TV show as on-screen players and not real musicians. This was back when the Beatles' telegenic exploits became the stuff of feature films. The monkeys were literally supposed to play along while their initial hits were written, produced, and performed by others. If the Beatles were the Fab Four, the Monkees were derided in the business as the Prefab Four. But then, after the Monkees outsold the Beatles in 1967, the four men slowly took over as musicians, as artists. Peter Tork was a talented bass player, born Peter Thorkelson in Washington, D.C. during World War II, the son of an economics professor, a serious musician who played the goofball on the show. Davy Jones died in 2012. Tork is survived by the other two serious musicians, Mickey Dolenz and the prolific Michael Nesmith, who this year are back out on the road, even though their friend Peter Tork is gone at the age of 77. That is our broadcast for tonight. We thank you for being here with us and good night from NBC News headquarters here in New York. I was uh, doing an interview once and they asked me if there's any last words I wanted to do and I said, be a hero to yourself. And it, it kind of just popped out of my mouth. But the more I think about it, the more I like it, the more real it becomes to me. Being a hero to yourself means that one, me, you, is in charge of one's own life. There's so much goes on, people say, who do you think you are? And who I think I am is who I really think I am. And I get to operate from that basis and not on the basis of what you want from me or what you think is better for me to be or do. I know that what you want from me is important to you, but it doesn't constitute an emergency on my part. I get to be a hero to myself, I recommend it. We hope that this tribute episode made you feel part of it all. We will be back with another tribute episode about Peter Torg, and someday we'll get back to monkeying around.
the monkeys are out on tour and they're dealing with things in their own way as well they miss their brother in arms thank you for listening to zilch today don't take today for granted love one another and as peter said be your hero unto yourself everyone take care of yourselves and your loved ones even the occasional random passerby We love you, Peter. That's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. 
Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the Monkees or any of their members past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Burr. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around.